0: My name is Cuban Pete. I'm the king of the rumba beat. And he's not doing a rumba. I need to make that clear. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bolesby.
1: Dear listeners, this is Melissa. This is our 30th episode, which means it is time for our second off-topic extravaganza. If you missed our first off-topic episode, here's what's going on. As you have surely noticed by now, our episodes are heavily edited. Most of what gets clipped out are silences or random noises or meaningless drunk ramblings, but every so often we have to cut something that we like a lot. It just doesn't fit anywhere else in that episode. So we save all the outtakes so we can have one of these episodes every so often. The audio clips that you're about to hear were recorded between April and August of 2014. The audio quality will vary a bit, as well as the subject matter and our level of sobriety. You will also hear the dulcet tones of Romeo Azar, Courtney Azar, Molly Glover, Kelvin Hatley, Christopher Jones, Jennifer Mencken, Megan Murphy, Fessworks and as always Wendy's mom. Please enjoy the randomness of our second off topic episode. You introduce. Okay. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.
0: Shit. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I have watched you have two. three sips of wine. I, I I know, right? You are not that much of a lightweight. Okay, okay. <laughs>
2: Hell, you want me to do it? God.
0: No, 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 no.
2: No, I just got stuck for a moment.
0: It always happens. We never get the first one right. I know. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Because it's
1: comedy gold.
0: (laughs) Welcome
3: Welcome
1: to the Xanadu
2: thingy dome cinema pleasure bot No, she
0: got all that
1: out
2: okay.
0: She forgot who
1: she was. was, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: uh, I totally did.
2: Presumably more where to go next. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I knew it was introductions, and then I went, is it me first or Wendy first? I don't know! And then I panicked. Uh, uh, What's it say? I can't read.
3: Okay. <sighs> All
1: right. <clears throat> Welcome to the Zen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we broke Calvin out. Just,
4: just the the I have a character now gesture was really funny. I don't know. I, <laughs> it's
0: great radio. It is.
1: It, is. it, it is great totally radio, is. Yeah. It
0: totally is. We do great. You radio. can feel it.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, it's kind of like how they say, if you smile while you're on the phone, it makes a impact. Yeah, yeah.
0: So
1: if I make gestures while on a podcast, it improves the podcast, right? Clearly. And if I drink wine while on a podcast. It, it, the whole, it, yes, that does improve the podcast to a point. Tortilla chips, on the other hand, no. No, tor-ti- tortilla no. chips do not, never, no. Not, not a good idea on a podcast. No. We, we, learned, we learned that lesson. We, we have learned What about fudge?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who's introducing this one?
1: Um, I suppose I could before I get too drunk to do so.
0: Oh, okay. Well, when you get drunk, though, it just gets very mellow. I'm Melissa, and this is... Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. It totally—that is really yeah. exactly how it goes. That's my Melissa drunk impersonation. Yeah. There you get, you get more melodic, words. sort of like I get I get I get like this, and then I trip and then give it, and Melissa just sounds more and more cultured.
2: <laughs> it's truly
0: <really> not fair. <laughs> huh?
2: Have, by, by the way, it's not a—you it, it, still haven't done the damn opening of the show. I should let you at least do your opening.
0: Oh, you didn't do it yet? No.
2: <laughs> still haven't done it
0: nope you know what's funny i was listening to geeks without god today and molly was talking about i was listening to an episode like a year ago where they're talking about convergences coming up and their favorite things they're looking forward mm-hmm. to in stories and there and molly was like by the way when you're drunk you may not remember but everybody around you does and you're not that funny <laughs> And all I could think was, oh, fucker, podcast. I'm that funny. People like me when I'm drunk, don't they? Oh, no. <laughs> what if they don't? No. No, I know they do because they tell me the morning after. Oh, my God, the shit you did.
1: <laughs> and hence,
0: a podcast. And hence, a podcast is born. Uh, the reason everybody's giggling is I'm holding my shirt up and exposing my bra because I spilled wine on myself. So we have
1: drunkenness and nudity. There, there, there are a
2: lot of geeks Wait, jerking it record, to this podcast you right didn't,
0: You didn't actually spill it we anywhere We always spill wine boob. when we get drunk. No, what are you talking Yo, about? Well, you this time it's not on my computer. Down by your, your waist and you're lifting it over your good. boob. It's over my boob. <laughs> But the stain is not over your boob. I'm looking up be putting right now. Your shirt over your boobs. Well, but the point <laughs> is, we keep spilling wine when we get drunk. No, no. I think this is less of a we
3: I and more am
2: of a you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> judgy, you are judgy. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm pointing fingers at you because you are judgy. Uh, I'm just I was doing good like... until you started singing the SG1 song, and I you giggled. You totally love the
1: shit out of that.
0: Well, and I giggled, and then I lost control of my wine. You're, yeah, <laughs> so you're blaming me now. Yes, uh. I am blaming court me for the fact that I've spilled wine all over myself. That's awesome. I want to point out, seriously, and this is true, I went to myself after work, huh, later tonight I will be going to Melissa's and recording a couple of episodes. I should put on clothes that can be stained by wine. <laughs> Well, you picked great colors. Yes!
1: Burgundy I
0: have succeeded!
5: <laughs> did he might, might think that you were maybe like an alcohol wisp? That could be. That could be.
0: Oh, talk All to that me, place. Whiskey you Demons. Ma- you, ma- you
5: materialized <laughs> out of bourbon?
0: Oh, Whiskey Demons, why do you do this to me? <laughs> uh... Brief shout out to Black Adder. And there's Rowan Atkinson, who's the dorkiest-looking human being, but curl his hair and put a beard on him, and he's hot. What happened? Yeah, who would have thunk that? I mean, you watch season one of Blackadder, and you're just, like, oh, that oh. unfortunate man. And then season two too, starts, like, and oh. you're like,
1: oh. What? 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 Well,
0: what? And I hear he has race cars. Oh. oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hello? And he's so Dashing in love actually. I love you, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. I do have you seen his um like live t- his live show?
1: His live show is brilliant.
0: The the one where he's Satan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Please <laughs> stop screaming. I'm sorry, but the Jews were right. <laughs> Christians Muslims, if you could come over here. I'm sorry, but the Jews were right adulterers, if you could line up to the left in front of the small guillotine.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. Ah, I love him. Although
1: the the older I get, the more I appreciate the drum sequence at the end.
0: Yeah. The totally pantomimed drum sequence. I like the part where he's in... (laughs) It's totally a Mr. Bean precursor where he's in church and he's falling asleep. Oh, God. He blows his (laughs) nose and... And, then, and he wakes up in time For the, for the yeah, And he's ah, nah, 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 Actually
1: I think the, My favorite one is the awards show Where he goes on a rant about um, Cats um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Melissa did jazz hands For cats, cats. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, Starlight Express uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber
0: <laughs> Fuck that guy Fuckin' Andrew Lloyd Webber. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy anyway. He, you know. No, I don't want to fuck that guy. No, no. There's don't a man, fuck that guy. There's a man who is very unfortunate looking. I'm more also, concerned about his three plagiarism. songs. three songs that he writes over and over again.
1: Okay, so, so my mom and I went to Phantom of the Opera, the production <laughs> that was here, the new Cameron Macintosh one. Because, you know, stage production. Yeah. And we're both... We both got... St- stinking drunk
0: before going to met May. <laughs> That makes
1: any Andrew Lloyd Webber musical better. Oh, God. No. That It was so good. Because, because. <laughs> of so, oh, Phantom of the Opera, we're like, so drunk. So drunk. And we're like tapping each other. <laughs> we <laughs> we get out of there and no it it was uh, very talented people it is a very challenging show to put on so you know
0: you it's can at very least technically challenging musically no. you you can at least appreciate and the talent as an, it requires and as an actor how do you manage to make that show interesting yeah oh god there's there are some songs... let song...
1: me feel okay. the music of the night okay so the whole second song. act Fuck that shit. But Fuck the, the shit. like the first act I, I can kinda get behind that to... and doing well. Yeah. But anyway, after after we get out of there, I go, Mom, let me play you some Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Die. And she goes. <gasps> <laughs> that was Pete Floyd, and I'm going. Yep,
0: it's plagiarized, like all of it. It's all plagiarized. Well, and he ripped himself off. Like Teddy loves Joseph and the amazing Dream Dreamcoat, which is with I, the video what? with Donny Osmond, and Donny Osmond yeah. is delightful. He's so charismatic, and you know what? That is a fun show. It's a totally fun show, but when the when the prologue and the narrator sings you are what you feel all i can hear is (laughs) is i don't know how to love him which (laughs) is from jesus christ superstar Superstar. which is a different show of his now don't get me wrong even sondheim who i love rips himself off it's like oh my god i've heard this before even alan menken Right? If mm-hmm. you listen to um, somewhere that's green and part of your world, mm-hmm. same melodic line. You're yeah. like, what? Just, you totally ripped yourself off, motherfucker. I'm curious about your opinion on chess. Chess is a really problematic show, actually. I
3: know, right?
0: Yeah, it really is. This it's is a, totally tangential, but. Yeah. It's kind of a mess. Yeah. Because it's, I, I, I love it. Because I, I love different aspects of it, but... But it doesn't hang together as a whole. No. There's four different shows going on, mm-hmm. both musically, thematically, and sort of orally. A-U-R-A-L-L-Y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot going on in that show. It's like, well, that's fascinating, and that's fascinating. And those two things are fascinating as well. Why did you try to put them all in the same show again? Oh. Uh. And then, yeah. So then there's suddenly, a child
1: abuse thing, and then there's the communism thing, and the, and then suddenly one night in Bangkok
0: pops up, and you're which like, which is awesome, and it's nothing like anything else in the show. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? Random disco number. It and uh, then and then uh,
1: there's I'll, the the communists at the typewriters. Yeah, oh my okay. dear, okay. oh, and oh, then, oh,
0: then oh, there's the defecting. two women duet which I adore it's a beautiful piece of music and anthem is beautiful and And anthem is beautiful and yet anthem and even that duet don't belong in the same show nope I love the pajama game so much and it never gets done anymore because really honestly they made a musical about a union dispute you gotta give them props for that but the love ballad in that show is not a ballad It is an up-tempo song where the two people who are in love are giddy with love and are going, oh my God, you're amazing and I love you. How did I not notice you? You're great. And that's so unusual, unusual for a musical. It's part of why I love that show. There's this one point where he's seducing her also and instead of it being a power play, it's light and it's flirtatious. And he keeps saying, no, 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 no. That's not what I want. Mm -hmm. I am being clear what I want and I want you to want it too. Mm -hmm. It's a really modern show. And it's part of what I like about it in that all of the usual things you expect in terms of the love ballad, and I'm going to declare my love in this way. And this is, this is the love duet. And this is what's going to happen are kind of turned on their head with that show. During the break when we weren't recording listeners, I was showing Chris Jones my new iPhone case that I'm so excited about. My old iPhone case was Robot Chicken, and it was... Han and Luke dressed as stormtroopers with Chewbacca and they were doing a little Lego figures doing a little dance step. So it was Star Wars and dance and robot chicken and Legos. And I was insanely happy with that because I need a case that is both geeky and dance related.
2: See, my case is just plain black, but I'm going to lie and say that it's the monolith from 2001.
0: You're a liar. Um, (laughs) So when I got my... Wrong proportions.
2: (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, yeah. oh my
0: god it's full 149, 149, 149, 149, 149. 149, which is square one square two square three yes anyway so my new case let me finish yeah don't give me that look is for my new iphone i was looking and looking and finally i was like fine i'll just get the same case but i couldn't find it and then i was like oh there was a tube map of middle earth That would be fun. Couldn't find that. All these cool ones back when I was looking for my other one, I couldn't find. And so finally, I was just doing random, like, search terms. Like, Mm. please give me a fun iPhone case. And I went to Amazon. I gave up Google searching. I just went to Amazon. And I don't remember what I typed in. And suddenly, and we'll put a picture of it on the website. I've got a stormtrooper singing, singing in the rain. And I'm
3: so (laughs) happy.
1: I had to buy the Jaws log and the Jaws book for mm-hmm, the Jaws mm-hmm. panel at Convergence, and I had to flesh out my Amazon order, so I bought Beastmaster Ice Pirates. Yes! Ice Pirates!
6: I got a right double feature, man. My favorite thing about that is what I know about Amazon's logarithms is that you just like threw a monkey wrench. In the head <laughs> right. And, like, people who bought Beastmaster also bought Ice Pirates. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Again, another movie I wanted to like, and again I wanted to like Frozen a lot because I have seen like a lot of my friends like really like Frozen on Tumblr and things like that and I have seen a lot of my friends really like the Lorax. So I went oh wow. so I saw the Lorax on Netflix, thinking, you know, I had some high hopes. And I was like, we'll see it. Lost it right away. The opening song. I had. I basically fast forward through every single song. Melissa called me out on it. It's like if I, because I was complaining about plot points and things like that. Well, you didn't watch the musicals, so how do you know if you you missed some plot in the musicals? Well, guess what? I went first fucking song. I forced myself to listen to that whole goddamn terrible thing. <laughs> You know what What was? It spelled the whole fucking plot of the movie. Da 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 da. We like stuff. We like energy and not have to worry about. Basically, it's like, oh, look, this is the evil guy. He's just doing shit for money. It's like, you know, f- what? The, you just told me the whole fucking movie. It's like, it, it basically, he's like, this is the bad guy. He likes money. He likes selling people stuff for, you know, and, he, he and likes chopping and- down the forest. It's like, what the do you know even... A kid, a kid can write it better than fucking you. It's However, called an Overture. <laughs> it, it's a first fucking song?
0: No, The yes, first it is. fucking exactly. song
5: tells you the whole goddamn movie. Okay. Have you no, ever no, no. watched Shakespeare? Every single other song in the whole movie <laughs> could have been just cut. no and Juliet, the
0: prologue says, by the way, this is what's going to happen. Two kids are going to fall in love. They're going to die. So watch the show and enjoy.
5: Yeah, but how long did that take? I bet it didn't take fucking seven minutes.
0: Well, it to was be like fair, a minute. It was Elizabethan English, so it seemed like forever.
5: <laughs> there was only so, one song in all of the Lorax that I actually really liked, and it was in the middle. It was a transition song. It was a it was, it, sh- it was a montage that showed the the being how he sort of wanted, sort of losing what, he, basically selling out and becoming the greedler.
0: How bad can I be? Yeah, and it just that it, song's fucking catchy. It's it, stuck in my head for weeks. It montaged <laughs> all the way. It, Teddy watched it, The Lorax for fucking weeks obsessively. Now, my it kind,
5: showed and it showed and told. It didn't. It, it montage. I love montage stuff. It's it, it gave a lot of information. It showed a lot of information. It was very dramatic. So it he was can very accept
0: catchy. some tropes, but then he gets pissy about others. I don't understand.
6: Well, like I said, now here's montage, the thing I about The like Lorax. Morax,
0: my issue with the Lorax is an issue culturally, which is that when we build family, quote, films these days, they're fucking kid films. And on, and our interpretation of kid films is let's spoon feed it to them. We have lost the 70s Disney live action film where we would just tell a story, an adventure story, and kids would be able to catch up and adults would enjoy it too. Why don't we I have just...
5: Escape from Witch Mountain anymore? Exactly. We don't have anything like that that's anymore. It's true.
0: I it's, just had watched, watched be true. Swiss Family Robinson. It is a charming film, but it is not a, quote, kids film where it is downplayed and it's pablum and it is all reduced to this very low-level concept. And that's the problem with the Lorax is it is a, quote, kids film yeah we it talks down yeah
5: it's so talks down
0: disney and our culture have ceased to believe in family films true family films where the and that's the thing is we don't trust kids that kids kids will see as much as they're capable of seeing (laughs) honestly and if they don't understand it they just blithely gloss over it i don't know what that was so i'm not gonna worry about it i don't know mom and dad were kissing and i was bored so i tuned out whatever it is magic how much all of these little kids not just little girls little kids because teddy's two best male friends leo and arthur no frozen word <clears> by <throat> word just as well as she does <clears throat> and they love it just as much because the story is because no matter all the bullshit trappings about plot holes which kids don't care about kids resonate to emotion they do they it's resonate true they resonate to emotion and to humor and but to that's not what an excuse is going for on for bad writing it's not an excuse for bad writing. I don't think Frozen is poorly written. I'm not saying it couldn't have been better, but I am saying that as a parent who has sat through, oh my mm-hmm. God, you have no idea how much bad animated shit has come across my TV screen.
5: It was enjoyable to an extent. It was enjoyable no, to no, an no, extent. No, 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 no. It was morbido.
0: awesome. It was fucking awesome. Because by the end of the movie, everything I thought I knew was going on wasn't going on. And the love story was a love story about family, Mm -hmm. which is completely groundbreaking. It did a lot of different things.
5: It it did a lot of different
0: things. You do not even know. Because I have (laughs) sat through every Disney film with my daughter and watched her and tried to downplay... Sleeping beauty as my daughter is like, Oh my God, she's so beautiful. I love her so much. No, honey, please do not latch on to sleeping beauty where all you do is fall asleep and wait to be rescued. You are more than that. Okay. I kind of like it that you're fascinated by the little mermaid because at least she has a dream and her dream is to walk in a new world and to dream about that world. And yeah, she falls in love with a human, and that sort of supersedes things. But ultimately, it's about her bigger dream. And so we can talk about how she wants that. And I can still spin that as something that's okay mm-hmm. for my girl to dream about. And can we talk about Brave? Can we talk about Mulan? Can yeah. we talk Is about... Is singing in Brave? No, there no. isn't.
5: Any... No. Oh, that might be why I like it a lot.
0: Okay. <laughs> And then Frozen <laughs> comes along.
6: And
5: there Let me tell you what I like about it. Oh,
0: and there are beautiful princesses in beautiful dresses who sing beautiful songs. And the lesson is it's not about the man. It's about being true to yourself. And it's about family. And it is about supporting those that you love no matter what. Thank you. Oh my God. I don't give a fuck about the plot. I don't give a fuck about the trolls. I can let my daughter watching this, I can let her watch this four times a day and not ever worry about what she is being taught about men, about women, about subservience, about what good women are. You know what good women are? Good women are quirky. Good women are powerful. Good women are flawed. Good women are trying to figure out who they are and what they should do and are worried about hurting people, but at the same time, kind of sick of having to hide who they are. And that's all okay. Are you shitting me? Don't diss Frozen to me because my five-year-old loves it. (laughs) No, don't you dare compare (laughs) Game of Thrones to Twilight.
2: I have a remarkably strong opinion about the entire Twilight series, given that I have neither read any of the books nor seen any of the films. (laughs)
0: Wait a minute. Oh, wait. We need to introduce this episode. No, no, no,
2: no, no. no. No, no. Let's let Chris go on this one. Okay,
0: what is your opinion about these films? They suck. Okay, that's good. There is this place (laughs) in Disney, in the Magic Kingdom, between Peter Pan's Flight and It's a Small World, where it's a pinch point and the pedestrian traffic narrows to like maybe 30 feet across and consider how many fucking people are in that park right
1: Wendy is really passionate right
3: now
0: (laughs) and they're either waiting in line for one or the other or they're trying to get through and these uh, late teens Are clearly waiting for someone, but they're standing in the... There are seven of them, and they are standing in the middle of the fucking lane. (laughs) And as I'm wheeling my mother through on a wheelchair, followed by my husband pushing a stroller, I look at these people and I say... It might be better if you move to the side instead of the fucking middle of the road. I didn't say fucking though, but I thought it really hard (laughs) at them. And they were so offended. Oh my Ah. God. Because my my tone of voice was very bitter. I did shoulder check. (laughs) Teenager at Disney. I did. Chris and I went out to dinner and we drank a whole bottle of wine by ourselves, which means we were delightfully tipsy and dessert was excellent. You should have been there. Oh my god. I should have. It was so great. And so we're walking, we're kind of mm, lazily sort of, it wasn't outright staggering, it was more of a stroll staggering. (laughs) Strogering. Strogering? Strogering.
1: Make note of this. Strogering.
0: It's a new word I made up. (laughs) It's new. (laughs) So We're strogering towards our bus stop (laughs) as we're both delightfully relaxed from dinner and wine. And this pack of early teen females, like seriously, 10 of them, and they're all spread out and they're coming right at us, which means we can't easily choose one side or the other. Right? Because mm-hmm. we would. We would instinctively be like, oh, you're coming our, well, okay, we'll go to the left or we'll go to the right. And it's like, well, what, I, I don't know which way to go. So we're, okay, I guess we're just going straight ahead, which means you two, you guys need to split to go around us. Mm-hmm. And there's this one, like, maybe 14-year-old girl, and she's coming straight at me. There are two of us, 10 of them. I'm like, I have been at Disney for a week now, and I'm kind of done with this shit. <laughs> I'm serious and I'm a little bit drunk and I did not actually physically assault anyone while I was negotiating the crowds in downtown Disney. I was very <laughs> proud of myself. I was very <laughs> proud of myself that I didn't actually physically assault anyone because <laughs> I play roller derby and there's this sort of Pavlovian well, yeah. thing of, I need to get through this crowd. And the, the quickest way to do it would be to push you aside with my ass. <laughs> to be fair, your your your
1: ass is a great
0: asset. <laughs> it is an asset. And then and so I was actually like texting my teammates, my roller derby teammates, I want to so so bad I want to hip check these people. And they're like, Yeah, I know, right <laughs> Don't do it though. They don't they don't look kindly on that. There's legal things. There are legal things. So Monty and I are walking forward, this one girl is like right in front of me coming at me and I'm like I'm done I am done with you and so as we're walking forwards she can see me I'm right in front of her and she comes right at me and I just decide I'm done with you I'm, I'm done with this whole thing and so normally you know how you sort of twist your body a little bit to let somebody go by I didn't I left my shoulders just straight and I kind of gave a little pop. I totally shoulder checked her. So she goes by expecting me to give way because she's not, mm-hmm. she's not twisting either. Let me make that clear. This is some 14 year old, p 14 year old twee little girl thinking that she should outrank me socially and I could beat her to the ground. I could knock her to the ground so easily. Oh my God. I totally could. I totally could. I totally could. And so she's coming at me. How tall are you, Wendy? I'm five foot five feet tall i could take her down she, she might have she might have been taller she might have weighed more i could have taken her down and she's coming at me and she's expecting me to give way and i'm like no i'm not and i boom shoulder checker and she's like she kind of jostled she's like what really and i'm just walking along like yeah that happened i did that and it was awesome i loved it so
3: much
2: but uh, Haunted Mansion five times? Straight? Yeah, we
3: yeah,
1: yeah.
2: When, when we went to Disney. Yeah, when Melissa and I oh. were at Disney together, we hit... It was not early in the morning, it was at the end of the day, if I yeah, recall. Yeah, it was, it was like the we, middle of the week, there was nobody in the park. Yeah, it was a weirdly yeah. quiet day in the park. We went to hit... Uh, haunted what mansion. Of year
1: did you go? It was kind of a little off season, and it was just dead. Yeah, in the park. And it, it was it was strange. So and and the haunted mansion is kind of in this kind of corner. It's in a niche. Yeah. And
2: to be clear, so, to us, the haunted mansion best thing ever.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. So we went on the haunted mansion and we got in, and it's like <laughs> haunted mansion. We got out and there's like no line for haunted mansion. It's like go on the Haunted Mansion again!
2: And, and we get out and there's no line, go on Haunted and Mansion it's, again! And it's approaching the close of the park, so it's yeah. just getting deader and deader. And it got to the point where literally we'd get off the ride and it was as quickly as we could run around back to the entrance and get into the, 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 the stretching elevators. was yeah. How long it was between our rides on the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. And it was just the best Yes. Well, and and like the fifth time
1: we were on it, it broke down. Yes. So so we were in the the hall with the crazy ass wallpaper, with, with all the eyes. Yeah, with all the eyes, and we're in the the little shielded. The and little and there was in. time to yeah. inspect. Yeah, and so we're sitting there for like ten minutes. Going, oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! We're, we're just, not
2: getting out crazy. of the. the what do they call them? The ghost.
6: Doom
2: buggy. Doom, doom buggies. We're not yes. getting out of the doom buggy or anything. We're not doing that. But it's just it's a chance to like look around a little bit and study and you know because because those things are just an exercise in magnificent production design
0: yeah and detail Uh, yeah whoever designed those is like people are going to ride this more than once yeah we have to keep making sure that every detail is perfect we were talking about scooby-doo mystery incorporated which is on Netflix, and it's terribly meta, and everybody should watch yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, if
2: if you have any affection for Scooby Doo at all, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, the animation is great. The writing is sharp. It's basically the classic versions of Scooby Doo, but with more character development and stuff about like the relationships between the t- characters than you ever typically got in huh. any of the previous incarnations of Scooby Doo. And it's just it's very clever and well done. And it went two seasons, and it would be tempting to say it was canceled too early, but it ends on a note that that was clearly meant to be the end of the series. So I'm at peace with there only being as much as there is.
0: (laughs) Well, and honestly, as a geek, I like it when a series ends. Yes. Because then I don't have to keep up with it anymore. Oh, my God. Game of Thrones, I'm on season three, but season four is playing right now, and I'm behind on Sherlock, and Orange is the New Black season two is going to come out. I can't. I'm I'm behind on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Castle. I still haven't seen the finale of Dancing with the Stars. I can't keep up.
1: This is why I don't do TV
0: series. Castle is so delightful. (laughs) My mother has just handed me a note that is a cruel, cruel thing to to announce. We have to leave by 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> my mother hates me. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'd like to submit evidence that, in fact, my mother does hate me.
4: At 8.15 at a.m., we're like, you know, dancing to James Brown or something. Like, what? Oh wait, we gotta
0: go. No. no what's going woo. to happen <laughs> what's gonna happen is at 825 <laughs> I roll out of bed and go, This is as good as it
3: gets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're driving. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. Meanwhile, I wake up at six. I have a weakened <laughs> sense of humor. Thank you, Mom, for <laughs> informing me of how I'm making poor choices right now. We we love you, Eve. <laughs> Thank
3: you. And yeah. you do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can't love her. She told me I had to get up at by eight thirty. Right. Yeah. I'm just keeping
1: the
3: peace. Um. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay, Nicki!
2: The listeners missed the jazz hands.
0: There were jazz hands. It's yes. great radio. It's great, super radio. great radio. Okay, so true story. <laughs> I um I played roller derby this last weekend. It's a tangent. We'll put it in somewhere eventually. Because
2: you know, Batman.
0: Eventually it'll it'll come out. We've been recording for an hour and 51 minutes.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I played roller derby this last weekend and we were up by over 300 points. And I turned to our coach and I said, "I'd be willing to jam." Just FYI because we're at the point where we're so far ahead it doesn't matter who is the point scorer even if nothing even if they don't get any points and the other team gets 20 points Mm -hmm. we're up by fucking 300 it's not going to matter I'm like by the way I will jam and they're like okay good to know and so sure enough we get down to like two or three jams left in the game. And they're like, you're going to jam. I'm like, yay! And I put on the jammer panty. And as I start to go out on the track, I hear one of my teammates, I expect jazz hands. (laughs) So I went out and I played the full two minutes because... Their jammer never got out of the pack because our our offense our defense was amazing, and I scored like 15 or 20 points. I lapped the pack like three or four or five times, and then they blow the whistle on the jam. The jam is dead. I have skated for two minutes and scored all those points. And as I come around the last turn into the into the bench, I'm like, "Yes heads," <laughs> and my whole team was like, "Yeah." True story. So yesterday at rehearsal it was just me and Tim Uren and Kelvin. Tim we couldn't make it. And we were doing the part where you run away and you throw your arms out and the leg is dragging behind and it's that butt clinch moment that that very classic Jim yeah. Kelly I'm clinching my butt. We're in a dance studio with mirrors with and with windows <laughs> on the opposite side. So there are mirrors yeah. and windows and the angle of the sun is, is coming in pretty sharply so it's not reflecting off the mirrors, thank God. But I was demonstrating, I'm like, and so one, two, three, four, five, and you hit this pose out here, and I look over my shoulder at the mirror so I can make eye contact with both of them. I'm like, and you need to make sure that you're dragging this foot. This foot needs to be you And I look, and the way I have landed, there is a shaft of light that is literally <laughs> just spotlighting my butt cheeks just my butt cheeks I'm like oh my god guys look at my butt <laughs> Kelvin's like it's
4: glowing <laughs> I'm like it did it did look at it had a it had a, a, a halo like quality and I'm quality like if I clench
0: it, it it might throw prisms let's see <laughs> clench clench I'm like look at this and now I move into position and
4: butt <laughs> you know That's it's awesome. like like that pin spot on like Bela Lugosi's eyes in Dracula
3: it's oh, like that,
4: only, you know, It's like that. Only
0: one. my ass. Yeah. And very nice. I mean, who doesn't want a pin spot on my ass? Mm. It's a lot of ass. All right, what were we talking about? We, we were, were
1: talking friendly about family-friendly family movies, and we
0: went
2: we off got, that. We got a away a from that long
0: time ago. Mm. It's all good. It's all so good. Back. We are. Mm. We're not some sort of conversational dictators, for fuck's sake. It's okay.
2: I'm glad I'm not editing this podcast.
0: <laughs> la 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 la. Yeah, Melissa
2: cut said... that together. Make that work. Well, yeah, thanks. Okay.
0: I did many of the early ones, but yes, now, now,
1: I, I, now I've, I've got audition, which is better than everything. Well, so. and
0: my life is exploding. in
1: The
2: Japanese fringe. horror
0: film. Oh God! <laughs> uh, uh, wire cuts through flesh and bone. Ooh, Ooh. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm barfing. It's a brilliant film, listeners. You should watch it once.
3: <laughs>
0: I know randomly weird facts that sometimes I'm right about, and often I'm not.
1: <laughs> Funny, all of us kind of fit that description. Just,
0: except for Kelvin,
1: because Kelvin's usually you, right. You guys
0: are usually right, and I'm usually wrong, let's be honest. Well, I just cover uh, really well from when I'm
1: wrong.
4: <laughs> I'm wrong uh, fairly often, too. I just seem to have like a weird ability to sell it.
0: Kelvin, are you a little tipsy?
2: I, am. Uh,
3: what?
0: <laughs> it wasn't for like months afterwards that the title Sideways made sense. <laughs> oh, because you store wine bottles sideways. I think
1: it's even on the poster, Wendy.
0: I know, I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm dumb sometimes.
1: Well, to be fair, it took me a while to figure out what the deeper meaning of Cabin in the Woods was. What? the the gods in gavin in the woods are the audience.
0: Really? Yeah. You didn't get that? I know,
6: right? I what?
2: I had a blog post about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never in my life had to go to the bathroom as badly as the first time I saw the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie cuz I realized about 10 minutes in I had to pee.
0: When we saw The Return of the King at Butnamathon. oh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Harry had shown like an hour of Captain Marvel. And then he's waiting just,
2: for him to finish that fucker.
0: Yeah. And then he just went straight into Return of the King. And I was like, oh fuck. I have to pee and I know this is gonna be three and a half hours long. And I made it all the way through to ending number two. And then I sacrificed ending number three. To go pee because I was like, I could tough it out to the end of the film, but then I'm going to have to wait in line. And that's going to kill me.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the only year I went to the San Diego Comic-Con was the year after Fellowship of the Ring. Mm.
4: Yes. Wow. What 2002. Year was that? 2002.
0: And the thing that happened there was Weta was just starting to make a splash mm-hmm. thanks to Fellowship of the Ring but they weren't really known. And what happened was, I would just sort of wander by the Weta booth and nobody was really there because people hadn't quite put together Fellowship of the Ring Weta, even though they were doing some really great presentations. Mm -hmm. So I would just sort of wander by and I'd be like, hey guys. And they're like, oh, it's you again. (laughs) I'm like, so you guys are from New Zealand. Yeah. And I'm like, what time is it there? And they're like, it's way not this time at all we are so confused i'm like that must be really hard for you and i met richard taylor and he wow. mocked me i totally did and he mocked me and i pointed out that perhaps the urukai shouldn't have belly buttons since they weren't actually born
3: <laughs> i was a total smart ass it was
0: awesome
2: no. Pla- plastic man um, also shows up on young justice <gasps> need true see
0: I'm so behind on everything I can't keep up with my media god
2: first world problem I'm waiting for the phone call I'm going to get from her when she gets to the last episode of season two because <laughs> it does not end on a satisfying conclu- concluding note
0: well you're not going to get that phone call because I have season three and I'm just going to go
2: what no you don't have season three because season three doesn't exist
0: Are you shitting me?
2: No, they canceled the show after two seasons. It was a three-year story arc, and they made season one, season two, and then they canceled it. Are you shitting me? Why I'm, did you I'm, give this to I'm me? loving that, like, Wendy and I have been friends for years. We talk all the time. I have been living the whole, you know, there's... I don't know what's happening, if there's ever going to be a season three... For the last two years of my life, and it's news to you right now that there is not a third season well, of there Young Justice. Three, you gave
0: me three discs!
2: Yeah, it's seasons one and two.
0: I assumed there was a third fucking season and they fixed that shit! Oh, I hate you so hard. You gave me that shit knowing it was going to end badly? See how fickle she is? God, I hate you. Why would you give me something that ends badly? Oh.
2: I'm dying to know. So, you know, we were talking about the Marvel movies and stuff before. Marvel's got these these TV shows that are going to be coming out through Netflix. Uh-huh. And I'm really curious how that's... Flash. Well, no, no, no. That's DC. Oh, sorry.
0: Season. Fuck. Sorry. Never.
2: Okay, it's all we'll 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 cons- Edit that we'll, we'll, out. We'll, Edit that we'll blame out. that on the wine and move on. I'm sorry. Um, you no, know, the thing I'm curious about is given that, that Netflix so typically has the structure where the whole season drops at once and you can marathon it, but what Marvel is doing is a set of sixty five episodes that's broken up into 13, five 13 episode shows, and four of them are about solo characters, and then they all get teamed up for the fifth ah! series. Did you not know this? I did not know it, this. It's Daredevil, <gasps> uh, Jessica Jones, who's kind of a secret agent character.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, that
2: Iron is. Fist, <laughs> and Power Man. Oh, Jesus! And then they're going to put them all together and call it the Defenders.
0: No
3: shit. Oh!
2: Oh, well, it gets better. Uh, they haven't announced any casting yet, but we know who some of the showrunners are. The showrunner for Daredevil is Drew Goddard. <gasps>
3: yay! Oh
0: my god,
2: yay! So this is all very promising, but what I'm wondering is, given that structure, do they put like all the Daredevil episodes up at once, and then like a couple weeks later, the next series all drops? Do they put all the solo shows up at once, and you're just you fend for yourself on what to watch in what order? And then at some point later, the well, Defenders it, comes out.
0: I really feel like Josh Whedon is an influence on the entire Marvel universe right now. Well,
2: given yeah. given the relationship between him and Drew Goddard, I imagine there might be a little cross And we
0: know that Joss Whedon loves a little cross-continuity between series.
2: And they have explicitly said, yes, these are in continuity with the films.
0: And if you know anything about what's been going on with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? they developed the concept for the show, and then the studio came back to them and said... Uh, by the way, the Captain America film, this is what's we've decided on for a plot and if you're going for continuity, this is what's gonna be happening. And of course Josh Whedon went, Great, I can work with that, that'll be awesome. Because one thing that I did read about the whole like House of Cards, Orange is the new block block, orange is the new black phenomenon that I did kind of agree with is when you drop the whole series at once, you lose the event television perspective. You lose that water water cooler conversation of, did you see what happened last night? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's able to get to it at a different time. So you're on episode six, and shit just got real, but you got nobody to talk to about it.
2: Well, uh, given that we were talking about superhero shows, to bring it back to comics, when, when I've lent... People my copy of the collected volume of Watchmen, I always tell them, please, 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 if you have the willpower to do it, read a chapter of the comic, read the, the extra non-comic material that comes at the end, and then put it down for a while and let it digest before you go back. Because when it was coming out as a monthly comic. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, it's it's meant to be consumed in that order. You can't read, like, all the comic stuff and then go back and read all the filler at the end of the the chapters because, like, that messes up the storytelling. But it, it was, uh, such a big part of the experience of reading Watchmen was, you know, like, talking to your friends and speculating about what was going to happen next and just, like, really kind of soaking in the ramifications of everything that's going on and it's just not the same to take that thing and like power through it in an evening or two
0: what are you I'm Batman <laughs> <laughs> I am Batman Batman I uh... am <laughs> I know right I'm Batman I'm Batman
2: yeah, it's sad when someone that, whose work you've loved dies at the end of their career it's like oh it's sad they're gone but we'd gotten out of them what we were gonna get.
0: Well and also they had they had lived their full lives. Yeah. And especially if there's been sort of a you haven't done anything recently. You're clearly you have accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. But ah, oh, Philip. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, well, I especially since especially Wilson's since
2: War. Philip Seymour Hoffman's death feels a little more self inflicted. Than, than Heath Ledger's.
0: Well, Heath Ledger's. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your point there, but still, so sad. We need to get over in our in our culture in our country the way we demonize addiction, so that we can help people, so we don't lose people who are simply struggling.
2: Well, absolutely. But you know, it's it's the whole. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know enough about the specifics of Philip Seymour Hoffman's situation to want to say a whole lot about it. Because you know, I, I wasn't there, I don't know. But a pattern we've certainly seen before is that in addition to how addiction gets treated in our culture, generally one of the reasons it's so rampant in Hollywood is it's like the music industry or anything else. These people get popular and successful and and they get surrounded by yes-men that are just going to give them what they want and not, not question them, not challenge them. And for an addict, that's just a recipe for a downward spiral.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Well, and even, not just that. I mean, they can be on a road of recovery, really struggling with it. And then there's that, one, that old buddy, oh, come on, come yeah. on, come on. You know, what's yeah. a little?
2: Well, that's any walk of life, though. Yeah.
0: yeah. But, you know, Robert Downey Jr., he was headed in the same place. Yeah, and it was just a, a strange quirk change around the corner.
2: Part of the fun of seeing the success Robert Downey Jr. is having today is knowing how insanely unlikely his career trajectory is well, from we're where all he was.
0: Old enough to remember the the coke scandal, yeah, ridden. Tabloid pictures of Robert Downey Jr. and just oh dear, oh that oh he's a mess.
2: Well, he's and he's given interviews because I mean we're we're all fond of one of the films he did just before Iron Man, which is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Yay! which he was fantastic in. But that I mean, I think there he was getting some recognition that he still had the acting ability and that he'd cleaned up his act. But it takes a lot of movies of that level of success to offset how tarnished a brand he was <laughs> yes. in Hollywood. And he said in interviews, like, when he first found out about the possibility of doing Iron Man, he knew, oh my god, this is a game changer. This this is... This takes my career to a different place, and so yeah, I mean he he speaks so glowingly of every bit of his relationship with Marvel. It's just like yeah, I everything I do from here on out is because of Iron Man. Everything. Oh, by the way, since this is being recorded for posterity, should I should I give my um my Avengers two Iron Man four prediction?
0: Ooh, wait, yes. no, there is no Iron Man four.
2: Not yet. Here's, here's what I think is going to happen.
0: Robert Downey Jr.'s contract is expired.
2: I know, but here's my theory.
0: Okay. Well, I'm, it's that I, that was said
2: for the listeners. Here's here's my theory is that you're going because they've said that in Avengers two, Tony Stark is going to be continuing to try to operate Iron Man suits as drones, uh-huh. like he was in in um, in Iron Man three. I think Ultron is going to be a perversion of the jarvis ai system (gasps) that comes about because he's trying to make it do more and more without his direct
0: supervision
2: supervision and interaction to where it, it like it goes crazy turns into ultron the avengers have to do all this to fight ultron they've said that um war machine has a cameo in the avengers 2 I think they're going to set it up so that the next Iron Man movie is Rhodey as Iron Man. Yay! Which may or may not have a role for Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, but he's not Iron Man anymore.
0: Well, I would love more Don Cheadle. Yeah. I'm good with that.
2: But I mean, not only does that make sense in terms of long-term franchise management with an aging Robert Downey Jr., I mean, he's fine now, but really, is he going to be Iron Man in 10 years?
0: He will always be hot.
2: Well, yes, <laughs> but the point being is, you know, not only is it works sense for for film franchise management, but it also mirrors the history of the comic book characters. Yeah, because there was a period where Rhodey was Iron Man.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. so
2: that's my prediction.
0: Why wouldn't you want a title that anybody could just pick up and understand?
2: And and I think I, I think it's because they they get increasingly focused on chasing after their core fan base. Now there's reasons for that, some of which are self-inflicted. You know, it's it's the whole thing of comics being so exclusively available through through these specialty shops. It means yeah. that it's really hard to market a comic book no matter how well written and drawn it is
3: well, well, what
0: to anyone started... that isn't
2: coming into their local comic shop every Wednesday.
0: Why why don't I I remember when comics used to be on the magazine stands on the yes. way out of the grocery yeah. store. They're expensive. That yeah. space is extremely
1: expensive. Yeah.
2: It, it would represent a huge investment to get into that space. Yeah. Now, when I've been told that, my response is, well, yeah, but it's worth it.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. you'd make that money back. Um,
2: I mean, right. Arch- Archie pays for that space, because if you notice at the checkout in the supermarket, they always have a little Archie digests there. Mm-hmm. And... They clearly have... I don't know the numbers of their business model, but clearly they have a business model that it is worth it to them to have that space.
0: Because well, they well, are front
1: and center. Well, yes, and, but here's the thing. I I remember you being told... I'm pointing at Chris right now, listeners. <laughs>
3: um,
1: Chris, I remember you being told that a reason why D.C. didn't go after that space in the grocery stores, and part of it was because they were being owned by Warner brothers and they were still trying to fly under the radar.
2: I, you know, I heard that. I never knew if that was true. And even if it was then there've yeah, been my, so many changes in yeah. management since then, you know, so it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I think, I I mean, I think, it, but, I think it is reasonably safe to say that, um, in any business. And I think certainly with, with DC and Marvel, um, they're much more concerned about watching their sales and their profits from quarter to quarter than investing big money in the long
5: game.
0: Well, yeah. that's the problem yeah. with so so many businesses in America, and not just creative properties. So many businesses are like, we didn't make any money this quarter. Well, why aren't we making money? And it's like, because you need to invest some of that fucking money that you're giving to their, your shareholders into america so that it makes more money assholes. well well, yeah and i mean part of the problem
1: on the comics specifically on the comics end is you know dc is mo- owned by warner brothers marvel is now owned by disney and essentially these comics companies are R and D for the movie properties
5: now well yeah
2: it's like i said before disney did not buy marvel because they wanted to get in the comics publishing business it's because they wanted to be able to take those characters and make movies and animated television shows and video games and, and all of that. So, you know, how much will money does D, does Disney want to see spent to potentially increase comic sales 5 to 10 years down the line versus how much they care about how well the Avengers movie did. They're then not-
0: again, Disney is interesting. Disney is a great big evil corporation and I know that. But Disney is interesting because Disney will sometimes play the long game, yeah, And they, Disney they... has in the past because they used to
1: have like this this little comics compilation magazine. Was it Disney Adventures? Yes. Yeah. and that was being sold in the in the uh, grocery aisles, and... and it was
2: an anthology yeah. of different kinds of material.
1: Yeah, and they, you know when Disney was in the comics game doing that. That was some really interesting yeah.
3: stuff. And Disney no.
0: is Disney is all about synergy. Yeah. How yeah. many different ways can we approach your child to make them want our product? Mm-hmm. And Disney is always going to be looking for, them for another way to get themselves in front of your kid and get themselves in front of you. Mm-hmm. So while, no, I don't think Disney bought Marvel to get their comics properties, I can also see Disney saying... Mm-hmm. Going to Marvel and saying, you need more family-friendly properties. Hmm. Because all of your properties are skewed adults. And you need to start developing shit for us.
2: Yeah, I. So we
0: can slap the Disney logo on it. And we can put it out in the grocery stores and people will buy it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if she'd engage with Hulk. Well, I do have the Robert Norton film, which I love. Edward. Edward. Edward Norton. Edward Norton. I have been drinking. yes (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it is after after all his xanadu yeah. podcast. Of course, I'm of course, this. we're drunk. Edward Norton. Yes, I have that Hulk, which we talk about pretty regularly on the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: a big fan of that that Hulk movie. Yeah, Not so it's... much
0: the Eric Bannon one. Not no. the Eric Bannon one. Oh God, no. Oh, barf. <laughs> oh dear, and yeah. Oh, oh dear. I liked Crouching Tiger, but I don't really know why they thought, hey, let's give him a superhero film. <laughs>
1: I will. I will give Ang Lee this. He he bravely went into unch- uncharted territories with uh,
0: the way he directed that movie. Well, and also, I'm not totally dissing him. At the time, I was like, this could be interesting because he had also directed *Sense and Sensibility* with yeah. Emma Thompson. Yeah. He has a lovely light touch mm-hmm. for comedy and character interaction. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I like any, I like any film property that has that touch of humor, especially in extreme situations, which is why I like humor in my superhero films, because obviously they're going to be extreme situations. You're a fucking superhero. You're saving the world. That means it's stressful. And what do people do under stress? They
1: turn into green monsters.
3: I was,
0: I was going to say they resort to comedy to lighten the mood and make things seem reasonable but they could also turn into green monsters. And
2: those can be one and the same.
0: Yeah. Um, truly. Now um, I, want the, I want the Hulk to do a song and dance number. Hello my mute. baby. Hello my honey. Hello my ragtime gal. <laughs> They're both green.
2: There is a recent thing in comics fandom that I adore called the uh, Hawkeye Initiative.
3: Yes! 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 I love love it so much!
2: For anyone eventually hearing this that does not know what the Hawkeye Initiative is, it is deservedly poking fun at, or really outright mocking, the way female characters get treated in comic book art by taking the character of Hawkeye and altering his costume, but more specifically just putting him in the poses that the female characters appear. And you see that done to Hawkeye and it's immediately ludicrous. And it's just a great tool for pointing out the double standard and the absurdity with how these female characters get treated.
0: Well, in comic books, they have to draw every woman so you can see both her butt and her boobs. So she's constantly torquing around and arching her back.
2: Which has been referred to as Escher girls because you're impossibly seeing two angles at the same time. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous and it's
0: it's always under some pretext of, oh, I'm firing a gun behind my back and that's why you get to see both. Except that I, there's no and, way. That when,
1: Wendy is contorting herself, yes. and
0: I'm a and pretty flexible person. Well, Wendy is a
2: dancer, and for me, and for me, the bottom the bottom the line most is: you,
0: if you've got a full on shot of my ass, the most you get is a lot of shoulder and a tease of nipple. Well, yeah. of and, one boob, not two. Yeah, and,
2: and for I mean, to, to me, what it comes down to is I have nothing against physically attractive characters of either gender or any individual instance of. You know, here's here's a piece of artwork where the where a female character looks sexy. It's it's the the trend of how much more regularly male characters are made to look like they're going to kick some butt, and female characters are there to emphasize their hotness. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Well, in any case, there's this, there's this trend, and you get crossplay and gender swapping of characters in both fan art and cosplay and all this stuff, and it's awesome. And and I was having a conversation about it one day, and the phrase popped into my head: "He Hulk,"
3: <laughs>
2: because there's the popular character of She Hulk, and I just thought, you know, because and and it, she's a great character, but it bothers me that so many of the popular female comic book characters are feminized versions of existing male characters she hulk being an example and i just thought the idea of having he hulk where it's flipped back to an existing character but now you're just taking all the crap they do as she hulk and applying it to the hulk and that struck me as hysterically funny and i posted this online and kind of described the image i had in my head of the hulk like pointing his butt at the camera and peering back over his shoulder but wearing, like, just a little thin purple thong, you know? <laughs> and there's a wonderful cartoonist... Which, let's
0: be honest, after he busts out of his trousers, about all that would be on yeah. it as a probably thong. true.
2: And there's a wonderful uh, cartoonist named Lara D'Souza that uh, he saw this and kind of took up the challenge and, like, remarkably quickly... Got a piece uh, of art online that was remarkably close to what I had in my head <laughs> of He Hulk, and it just—it's one of my favorite things ever. And 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 then this turned into like all these great taglines about He Hulk, and my my personal favorite—you don't know, change the line at all. It's just with that image, why army men not leave He Hulk alone? <laughs> <laughs> So there's that.
0: It's why I hated Seven of Nine. Honestly. Yeah. On Voyager. Was that Voyager?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There was a lot to hate about Voyager. But I really hated Seven of Nine because if the Borg are all about being utilitarian, Mm -hmm. why would you wear stiletto heels, a catsuit with no pockets, and a beehive hairdo?
2: A a corseted catsuit and a beehive hairdo. You know, the thing is funny. I feel the same way about Seven of Nine. Um, Hal Bischel uh, first discovered uh, the character of Seven of Nine in the Voyager books and really liked the character. So even though she finds the same thing annoying about how she was portrayed on television, she likes the character a lot more than I do because she was introduced to the character without the visual.
0: Yeah, without, oh look, I'm sexy. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the character because on the paper character.
2: is a great character.
0: Well, the char- Yeah, the character fish out of water, exploring what what rediscovering
2: what, humanity. Yeah, you know. yeah,
0: there's a lot to like about Seven of Nine, except for the part where why are you in a cat suit and four inch heels? Yeah, yeah. with no pockets. I'm sorry. You tell me that this character is all about <laughs> utilitarianism. Where are your fucking pockets? Beefing. Wait, are we talking about the Borg or about the aliens? Aliens, about the
1: aliens. Also Borg. Also Borg, <laughs> which I have to admit, in the director's cut, I hate the scene with um, uh, Bill, Paxton. Bill Paxton and Vasquez, who are sitting there going, "It's like an, it's like a, you know, like ants or bees or whatever." He says they so, add that scene back in, and it's like, "I, I don't need that description. I, I can figure it out myself." There are so many things in that Aliens director cut that I just hate. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, I don't want that. I don't ruins need, everything. I don't me. need to know I, if we're, that Newt's family discovered. Yeah. Because then it's like, yeah. well, now we know what's already going on. We did yeah. anyways, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the reveal in the original theatrical well, cut. And also all this stuff so with great.
0: Ripley and her daughter is also very heavy handed. You already, yeah. you really get that. Mm-hmm. You really do in the regular theatrical cut that this is a mother daughter relationship and that this is a woman who has been, she's alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got that just from that sad little apartment with the cat on the space station mm-hmm. when they visit her. It's like, yep. this is a woman who's totally alone, and here's something to care for. No, I think we get it. Mm-hmm. I think we're fine. We don't need all this. This is what's happening. Let me be absolutely clear. I wish they'd leave things Unnecessary. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I found the wine. Yay! Hey. <laughs> now, um, I, I find
1: it interesting that, you know, now we mostly have an attitude towards appropriate um <laughs> mostly uh, appropriate r- racial casting last airbender not <laughs> uh withstanding or avatar or whatever the fuck they called that m night Shyamalan movie where they
0: called it the last airbender it was the
1: last airbender where they cast white people in yeah like they always Asian do roles
0: and got their <sighs> names wrong but,
1: but seriously but, but mostly you know you can you, you can usually get a black person to play a black role these days. Where I'm wondering if 20, 30, 40 years down the road we're going to be looking back going, why did they get all these straight people to play gay people on screen? And, you know, where we've got uh, people like Jared Leto playing a trans person on screen, why didn't they get a trans Well, how, many,
4: how many gay yeah, men in, again, in cinema history have played straight people?
1: That, that's absolutely true. But I mean, you, that's you kind of an feel invisible like
0: that's, thing.
3: But
4: yeah.
0: I almost feel like that's... That's actually leading to a, to actually not finally acknowledging a culture mm-hmm. as much as perhaps pigeonholing. Well, you're gay, you can't play straight. Mm-hmm. You're straight, you can't play gay. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily believe that. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that either. I think. I think more. Because what I was for a long toward, time is yeah. black, you know, gay men can't come out as gay because yeah. then nobody will believe you when you play a straight role.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: And well, yeah, it's 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 whiteness and straightness is like the default setting. Like, oh, you know, you can play any part from that vantage point theoretically, but it, which isn't actually true.
3: but yeah. but,
1: but, <laughs> yeah. but but what I think more what I was kind of trying to get at is the, the, the Jared Little was sticking in my brain because he got the Oscar for uh, Dallas Buyers Club, yes. if yes. I remember it, and. It was for playing a trans person.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen the movie,
1: but if I, if I remember now,
0: right, that it, I'm a little bit more on board with. Yeah, with what you're saying, yeah. which is because of course, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, has a trans actress.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And yay. Yeah, yay. that's fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Instead of having somebody like having an actual trans person play a trans person, mm-hmm. thank you very much. But yeah, your point about well, Jared Leto isn't trans. Couldn't you have found a trans actor? Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know enough about trans culture. To know how offensive that is. Yeah. Like, I wonder if, like, the very even saying you need to find a trans actor to play trans is in a way could potentially be offensive of why are you making that my defining characteristic? I am a woman, I,
4: I am
6: a
0: man.
4: Oh, I can't remember the name of the movie because I, don't know, I didn't see it, but a few years ago, um, I think her name is Felicity Huffman.
0: Yeah, and she got,
4: got nominated for playing. A transsexual, you know, a, a male to female transition, Trans- and you know she is a woman, a cisgender woman, playing this, and she got nominated for an Oscar, and it was like, it was like, there's always that one movie in Oscar season that gets like a best actor or best actress nomination. You've never heard of the movie, yeah. You know, it's like yeah. that that one sort of yeah gratuitous like super arty movie or whatever. But um,
0: was that Trans America?
4: That might have might been. Have been.
0: I, mean, I think that was it. Might have been. I didn't see it.
4: Yeah, I didn't either. But, but I like, I don't like... recall anyone really bringing up that being a problem back then. And I wonder if it's just some kind of weird thing like, well, a, a woman playing a transsexual is more, a cisgendered woman playing a transsexual is more
3: well
0: as, okay
4: than, I don't as know. As sexuality
0: which is... culturally is becoming more of a spectrum instead yeah. of a binary, yeah. what's happening is a lot more acknowledgement of that, which is yay but it also means it gets a little confusing because even there are some people who are are like no I identify as trans Mm -hmm. and then there are some people who are like no I'm a woman I just want to be a woman I need to I want to identify as a woman and it's that spectrum again you're not any it's it's not that one person is doing trans right and another is not it's that spectrum of I identify this way no I identify that way and they're both right so I feel like maybe some people, yeah, are offended that Jared Leto played a trans. Why didn't you just find a trans actor? Mm-hmm. But then other people are like, no, he, that's fine because, you know. Yeah, I
1: suppose when you get, oh, hey, we can get Jared Leto. Let's get Jared Leto.
0: He's a very pretty man and a very talented actor. Very talented actor
2: back in the days of uh not only video rental places but video rental places with vhs i always i i'm the guy that always wanted to uh rent a copy of uh, beethoven and cut in key scenes from Cujo and return it to the store (laughs) um (laughs) never did do that because that's just comedy gold oh yeah it's it's comedy where you never get to enjoy the punchline but you know you know (laughs)
0: <laughs> there.
1: Oh, okay. Tangent time. Tangent time. So oh, no. I used to live with uh, <laughs> Rick and Sharon Snyder.
0: Yes. And
1: uh, who are wonderful people. I, they are wonderful I, people. I was their basement troll, as they would call me, because I took over their entire basement and lived there for like three years. Which
0: is when I met you and you showed me the toast video, which I still sometimes randomly scream out, Yes, toast! <laughs> so, <anyway, laughs> so anyway, they have this, this cat
1: named Gabe. And Gabe is this like half-Siamese cat. And he looks Siamese, except he is He's really This fat. is a rotund cat. He's a walking footstool. Oh yeah, and he's he's a wonderful, adorable cat, but he he is a long and suffering cat and he he endured many years of living in like a college dorm room, you know? Oh, Just man. and and you know the, the the torments that are incipient of dealing with drunk college dorm people. I have no but, idea what drunk people would be like. But anyway, so this big fat cat. Um, has over all these years has somehow started to interpret certain amounts of torture with being giving attention and love. <laughs> <laughs> so you can pick this cat up and play him like the bagpipes because he'll sit there and grimly go. <laughs> But he won't do anything about it. He's not going to bite or fight to get away. He's just. So we call him the Gabe Pipes because the cat's name is Gabriel, and you could squeeze him while he was complaining, and (laughs) then (laughs) we
0: (laughs) go. because abuse is love because <laughs> abuse
1: is love it's some kind of attention
0: it's attention that you're giving to me it must mean you love me that, that poor Aww. sad guy. oh dear there,
1: there was apparently one night when like somebody got drunk, it was, like, playing with a lighter near the cat, and, like, the cat investigated and singed off his whiskers on one side, so he was, like, walking around sideways.
0: Why well, can't I don't, I, don't I? don't know what's over there! I don't know what's over there! And, oh my god,
1: listing, listing. And then, so to to cure this problem, they had to trim off the whiskers on the other side to about the same length, and then he just run into everything.
3: <laughs>
0: what's it? Bonk! What's the So here's a story about Greg Wiseman, creator
3: of Gargoyles.
0: Um it was two thousand and eight. We were at convergence. He was a like, what?
2: Nothing. So nothing. We can, we
0: can edit this shit out. It's fine. Um it was two thousand and eight two thousand and eight was year ten at convergence and we had invited like fifteen guests? Twenty. 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 It was a fucking Believe me, it was twenty. It was twenty. Yeah, you would know. But I was pregnant and I was busy. What can I say? So, Greg Wiseman was one of our returning uh, returning guests of honor. And I found him delightful on all his previous ex- experiences at Convergence. I thought he was super duper fun. He's
2: okay. You're such a jerk. <laughs>
0: well, what's interesting about Greg Wiseman is, for all that he is very engaging one-on-one, he is not an extrovert and he hates crowds yeah it's true so there was 2008 i think it was like it was like saturday night and i come across greg white (laughs) oh
2: i know the story you're telling yeah
0: sitting in a quiet secluded corner of like out of the way of the party zone right nobody knows he's there he's just sitting having a one-on-one conversation with lex one of our previous guests who was his liaison his guest liaison I come across Greg Weissman I'm like oh hi Greg I haven't gotten to talk to you yet and I'm eight months pregnant so I want to sit down so I sit down because I'm eight months pregnant and we start chatting but the thing is That people see me and they're like, oh, there's Wendy. What's she doing? And so they stop and talk to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then other people see there's a crowd over there. What's going on? And so they come over to find out what's going on. And they stop and they talk. And within about 40 minutes, there's a crowd of 20 people. And Greg Wiseman, you're
1: you're like one of those bug zappers that draws the insects to that side of the yard.
0: <laughs> Greg Wiseman, I'm just still I'm still just sitting there, and Greg Wiseman turns to me, and says in a quiet voice that nobody can hear but me, with such bitter loathing, <laughs> oh, you're popular. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Although, although if we do a heroin podcast, we should eat a lot of poppy seed muffins.
0: (laughs) Your face is... (laughs) Once again, great radio. (laughs) Melissa's face was just so matter of fact in this shrug of naturally. We should eat poppy seed muffins.
6: Duh. (laughs) But I'm also a really good liar, which is weird. But like I'm, I'm, I don't lie very often because I'm very good at it, and I think it's I, I don't enjoy doing yeah. it. But uh, I mean, I, I lie to strangers like, just for sport, <laughs> just like <laughs> because how would they know? Well, like yeah, like especially if someone makes an assumption about me, like someone would be like, oh, like are you gonna have a good Easter? And like I'm an atheist, so instead of being like, oh, I don't celebrate Easter, instead sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, we're taking the kids out to the park. We're gonna hunt for eggs. <laughs> And and they're like, "Oh, that sounds great." I'm like, "Yeah, my mom died a few years ago, but ever since then, we just want to honor her memory by going to the Like, I will just, and afterward, I'll be like, "What happened? I blacked out. Like, I don't even know what I did." But like,
0: yeah, all it is is it's it's both role play and improv. Yeah, how far can I take this? God. And while it may seem manipulative or mean, the reality is this person is I am never going to interact with them again. And there is something sort of freeing about that interaction. Mm-hmm. That is, we are in this moment right now, and I can be whoever yeah. I want.
1: Yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> I was homesick coming off of Percocet on Tuesday. Oh Jesus! Oh God, opium sickness sucks. Oh yeah. But then I... the then the Mormons came, <laughs> oh! and they answered the door because oh, I no! had been outside all day. So it's oh, so like. No. Fuck yeah, I'll talk to the Mormons. <laughs> what did you say to the Mormons? I was totally honest with the Mormons. It's like, fuck, I'm a lifelong atheist. What do you have to say to Yeah, me? yeah. See, it's funny you but, say opiate but, sickness and all but,
0: I can think is, when I took opiates, I didn't poop for three days. Yeah. <laughs> and then it all left. But, but no, yeah, I no, I wish I could have totally gone. I sat on totally the toilet gone... for an hour just going... Come on. Come on. But
1: I totally this wish I could have... This is fucking
0: happening. I totally
1: wish I could have pulled a Molly. Yeah, oh <laughs> <the comments>. <laughs> like, I worship the gods, Godzilla.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Look I, at all my... I, idols. Can I, What Do if you you, you talked about our lizard king of kings?
0: <laughs> so anyway, when we went to see Ring of Fire and there was the... Ridic- there were many ridiculous moments. And I would burst out laughing it was me and like six other men in the whole theater mm-hmm. all men and me and i believe i was the one who was, who told monty i want to go see ring of fire let's go see it <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just looks delightfully i don't even know so i dra- we dra- drag him into this theater to watch this crazy ass film and i'm cackling at some of the shit that's happening on the screen and oh these five other men were just so offended that I was not taking their testosterone-laden action seriously enough. (laughs) You were one of my educators in comics. <laughs> well... It's true. Um, I had read comics, but you were like, here, read this, here, read this, here, read this. And then, of course, <laughs> all the conversations about, wow, that looks like shit. Yeah, doesn't it, though? There,
2: there is there is a special joy when introducing someone to comics characters that they aren't deeply familiar with, with that world before uh, previously. Of, of introducing them specifically to Jack Kirby characters and really specifically <laughs> my personal favorite, Lockjaw. When you tell people, like, yeah, no, Lockjaw is a giant teleporting bulldog with telepathic abilities and a glowing tuning fork sticking out of the middle of his forehead and they look at you like... No, no. I've met you before. I know you like to BS. Like, no, no, really. I can show you proof. What I, know, no, right
0: what I remember is Arm Fall Off Boy.
2: Arm Fall yeah. Off Boy. Yeah, I have a special love for...
0: No, because it comes off and yeah, I can like, hit people the, with the, it. The, the, <laughs> legion,
2: the Legion of Superheroes and their tradition of their annual tryout day, which is basically an exercise for the writers to come up with the lamest <laughs> superpowers imaginable. In my, yeah, my two favorites... My two all-time favorites are Arm Fall-Off Boy and Plaid Lad, (laughs) who has the ability to turn anything plaid.
0: I have learned not to question Melissa when she says, that was in 1982. Are you sure that's the year? (laughs) Yes, don't question Melissa. (laughs) She's very generous in her, in the fact that she is never disdainful when I question her again (laughs) and she again proves to be right.
2: Well, I'm I'm an
1: unreliable narrator in that usually I'm I, drunk,
2: but <laughs> I got I got to correct somebody at con this this weekend because there was a woman sitting across from me that her mother did golden age comic art, which is a freaking rarity. Women in the comics industry wow. in the forties. Yeah,
0: talk
3: yeah. about
2: her. And she showed me a sketch that her mother had supposedly done. That she showed me all this other art, but then she she had a sketch that her mother had done of Batman. So she thought I would be interested in seeing that. I'm like, yeah. But she was hadn't pinned down like what the exact vintage was of this sketch, and her best guess to date, based on her mother's drawing style, had been 1935. And I was like, "Yeah, that's not physically possible because the character debuted in 1939."
0: <laughs> So, sorry, mm. I, sorry. I know it's your family, and I know you're excited. Yeah, but no, mm-hmm. yeah. that doesn't work like that.
2: But but she was she was pleased to have the information because like oh hard data, awesome. That helps me actually pin it down. But I was a little nervous conveying that. It's like oh, I hope she doesn't take this the wrong way that I'm blowing well, her w- theory out of the water. She
0: walked away and thought, geez, that jerk Jones. <laughs>
2: exactly. That's, that's the reaction I get from most people.
0: It's true science 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 fuck neil degrasse tyson i was sciencing before he ever became popular i'd fuck neil degrasse tyson i actually would he's very attractive Oh yeah. and he's smart <laughs> it's fun to watch horror movies with my mom now that she's older because she there's a distance that is a cure now where basically what i'm saying is when she's watching movies she's totally into it but when something happens there's this old This sort of older woman thing. oh, Jesus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, no, that's going to be me someday. Someday that switch is going to turn. Oh, no. no.
0: Oh, Jesus.
1: Eric Knight is a man of opinions. So many opinions. So many opinions, and he should be on this podcast. But, yes, he came up to me at a (laughs) convergence meeting a couple weeks ago (laughs) and noted how many times Wendy mentions her mother podcast
0: yes. you! I know. <laughs> Cheers to Eve because Eve is awesome. Cheers to my mom. Yeah, Eve. yeah. Her Eve. name is Eve. If you hadn't figured that out yet, holy fuck, where have you been? Is, is this our version of Godwinning an episode? I did see Days of Future Past. Were you there? I, yes, you I there was. Because we were texting about doing the podcast doing the movie. <laughs> we were bad movie. It was during the previews. We are not assholes. Mm. I want to make mm-hmm. that clear.
1: No, we were responsible texters in the movie theater. I
0: want to make that clear is my personal catchphrase. I'm going to get it on a t-shirt. <laughs> Dear listeners, I feel like one of the questions we should start asking in our questions is, "What is what one thing do you notice we say all the time?
1: Yeah, let's let's construct a drinking game out of <laughs> this episode.
0: Dear yeah, listeners, yeah, yeah. what square would you put on the Xanadu bingo card <laughs> to make sure that you won? <laughs> Hey, listeners. So, as we've been recording, we've noticed that there are certain ha uh, rituals, traditions. Uh, Habits.
1: <laughs> foibles. <laughs> Propinquities. No, way! <wait. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's not the right word for that.
0: At any rate, as Melissa has been editing them together, she has noticed that there are certain... Um, patterns that have emerged Mm -hmm. and so she thought it might be fun to put together a drinking game the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome drinking game (laughs) and we are going to post it on the website so that as you listen you can follow along and drink along with us I think when you review the list you will find that it's pretty accurate that said If you have a suggestion for an addition to the drinking game, please email us or comment or Facebook or Twitter or, you know, all the various ways you could possibly let us know. Mm -hmm. And we will take it under advisement because chances are you may have noticed things we haven't since generally we're too drunk.
1: Should we go over what uh, we currently have as the drinking game? I think we should. Or at least the things that you should drink at. Yeah, the things I,
0: that you should drink at. If I haven't... You, I, it just
1: happens. I, uh, John Kavalik would be horrified at me. I haven't gamified this at all. I, I just wrote down things that, that you should drink at, and I haven't said, like, how many drinks are a Well, what. let's
0: leave it at one. Yeah. Because, honestly, with this list yeah
1: yeah so (laughs) yeah because we don't want anybody in the hospital for alcohol poisoning
0: (laughs) all right the first thing on the list is that melissa says to be fair (laughs) dot dot dot
1: (laughs) and the next one is if Wendy says to make it clear or some variation let me be clear (laughs) yeah anything involving clear clarity clarity Uh, If Wendy mentions her mom,
0: (laughs) if there is snorting,
1: either of us, either either of us snorting, uh, opening a new bottle of wine in the middle of the episode is is definitely a a cause for drinking along
0: with us. Mm -hmm. Melissa name drops channel nine. (laughs) It's happened. Take a drink once.
1: Oh, it happens frequently. Yeah, I know. That's weird. Uh, We'll fix it in post.
0: Definitely take a drink then. That's great radio.
1: Yeah, anything... That, uh, gestures are great radio. Nunity is great radio. Whatever is great radio. Anything that's great radio, take a drink. <laughs> Something goes thunk. Let me... Usually it's a wine glass coming on the table here. Like that.
0: Yep. Or, yep. oh look, I just glug, glug, glugged. And mm. there's the wine bottle being set down. Yes. We're not the most graceful people with our wine glasses. No. And then if either one of us says... I know, right? I know, right? I know, Yeah. Right? yeah.
1: <laughs> or especially if Wendy calls somebody judgy. <laughs> oh boy, you're onto judgy right now, Wendy. I don't know where it came from, but all, all of a sudden, everybody is judgy.
0: Well, they are. I'm being judgy when I call them judgy, but my judginess is accurate. Alright, uh, oh,
1: jazz hands? Jazz hands, which, of course, you can't see, and, of course, it's great radio, so I think that's two drinks.
0: Yeah, seriously. That if, counts for double. Whenever there are jazz hands and you know it, then, yeah, that's definitely <laughs> If two you drinks. have
1: jazz hands and you know it, <laughs> take your hands. If you have jazz hands and you know it, take jazz a drink. Hands. Wait. Take a drink. Take a drink. <laughs> take oh, oh okay, okay. Let's try that again. If, if you have jazz, jazz hands, hands and you know, you know it, take a, a drink. drink. <laughs> Yay! And and, and speaking of which, the last one is somebody bursts into song.
0: Yeah, if they're singing, you got to take a drink. Okay, yeah. (laughs) I think we got it. I think we got it. I think, by George, I think she's got it. That's from My Fair Lady. (laughs) It is. Is that the color your hair was at the con?
1: No, it's been fading out.
0: Okay. This has been
1: turning blue, which has been pleasing. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, it's very attractive. Thank you. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm like a peacock. (laughs) It has a nice variegated quality to yeah. it. Um, and then, then of course, I get my roots, so pretty soon I'll be buzzing this down. But...
0: And then I'll just have little green I'll just tips. Have a... Little green cock.
1: <laughs> little green cock. Crest.
0: Crest. Crest. <laughs> Co- <laughs> cockscomb. Cockscomb. There you go. I just didn't finish the word. All right. <laughs> All right. I've been in too much Top Gun rehearsals, people.
6: Drugs are a hell of a drug.